Let us bow our heads. <clears throat> uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for this day. Thank you for this great opportunity uh, to uh, preach your word. We ask you to uh, open up the hearts and minds of men and women that's on the airways, people that's in the sanctuary, so they can hear your word. It can transform their life, and they can become more like you. Lord, we know your intention. We know your purpose and mission is for mankind to uh, have a relationship with you in such a way that we would love and care for and, and impact the lives of the people that we have a sphere of influence over. So, Lord, we just thank you for your words. Uh, our words they, uh, are so powerful, and they come from our thoughts that you download in us. So we just thank you in Jesus' name. We pray amen. 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 So, first of all, I want to thank everyone to, to, for coming. I want to wish everyone a happy holiday season. Uh, and God is amazing, and he does amazing things. And Brother Dennis was sharing earlier how sometimes during this time of the year is such a, a lonely, lonely time for so many people. So many people have lost loved ones, particularly, man, through this time of the year. And the Christmas season is such a season of memories. And so many people have so many wonderful memories. And when you lost your mom or your dad or your husband or your wife or a child, sometimes it puts a damper uh, on your holiday season. But I just want you to know that the holiday season is, is really not a season of us. It's really a season about him. Uh, it's, it's a season about God and how much God loved us so much that he was willing to download uh, his spirit into mankind to give mankind an opportunity uh, to be in relationship with him so they can help transform the world. Uh, and all of us uh, are recipients of his power and his spirit. And so some of us fight against it, uh, not even knowing. So I kind of want to share that with you guys today. And I want to talk uh, from a topic of preparing your soil. Uh, and the soil and the story comes uh, out of the book of Mark. But I want to preface it by opening up uh, uh, with this scripture right here that's coming out of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 and 27 that you guys heard me preach on, on multiple occasions. But I want to bring it out with this sermon today. Uh, it says, then God said, let us make human beings right, in our image. Now, that's important. That's, that's going to be extremely important when you think about the holiday season and you think about who you are, and sometimes when someone say you're nothing and you're nobody, I want you to know you are somebody and you are important, you're extremely important, and you matter in the life of people. And so the enemy uh, wants to make you think that you're not anything, and, uh, and sometimes he blinds you uh, from God's message. And, uh, but I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt, it does not matter what no one says about you or to you, that you were created in God's image, right? And so that means you are important to him. So before your mother and father ever thought to come together and have uh, relationships to produce you, God had already produced you, right? So God wanted to make a difference in the world before they even thought that they was going to have fun. Uh, God just used them to enjoy themselves to bring you here. Uh, because you're going to be a difference maker in this world, uh, you're that important and you're that significant. And so you have to understand who you are. Then he goes on to say, uh, uh, to be like us. I want, I want them to be like us. Uh, we know the question, who's he talking to? Uh, he's talking to the deities. He's talking to uh, the powers to be. 
He says, I, I want you to know that these human beings are going to be different. Uh, they're going to be earthlings, but they're going to be earthlings uh, with a, a spirit working inside of them. And we're going to call them humans, which means they're compound. They're both dirt and spirit. And so they need to understand who they are. And then he says, they will rule or they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and all the small animals that scurry along the ground. He said, now they're going to be so powerful and so magnificent that they're going to rule. There's no animal that they're going to ever come across would have power over them. Uh, they would be able to control every species uh, in this world other than uh, their own kind. Now, that's important. He said there's no one would be able to have control and power over another human being. Now, the beauty is that uh, you're going to give birth uh, to some children, but the children's not going to be yours. They're going to be God's creating his image, and you're going to be a gift to them from God to help bring them here. He said, so I don't want you to rule over them. That's not your issue. With them, I just want you to train them and influence them because I'm going to run them because they're going to have their spirit inside of me. That's why you don't get to beat children. You know, everybody thinks, well, I just, I just beat them. You don't. You know, the Bible talks about sparing the rise for a child. It's really about discipline and everything should be done out of love, right? Because what you're doing, trying to do is giving them some correction and some direction and always direction and love. That's why when a person that don't have God and they discipline children, it's abuse because they really try to hurt them, right? They say they don't, man, but when you, you draw back and you really just, you angry and you mad and you just beating them because they because they disobeyed you or they did not allow you to control them. So since you won't let me control you, I'm going to show you who in charge. So I'm going to beat the hell out of you. Right. And so and then all of a sudden the kid grows up and they're angry at you. But here's the biggest thing. The biggest problem is they become adults and then they do the same thing to their children thinking it's right. Right. And they didn't like it when it was happening to them. Because God never intended for us to do that. And that's a sidebar now. now. So the kid's probably shouting for joy. But it's the truth anyhow. Right? So God gave us a, a lot of power. I want you to understand. A lot of power. So you got to know who you are. Right? This kingdom message is a powerful message because you got to be God with skin on it. Right? So this, this is a powerful message, man. So you don't just get to go around and do and act any kind of way because you got God operating inside of you, man, man. Right? That's important. Right? Now listen to what he says in Genesis 2 and 7. Right? This is important. He says, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. That's important. Right? Uh, that's why you know man was dirt. Right? Uh, it's hard for us to, to, to sometimes understand that concept because we came out of our mother's womb, right? Uh, but we're nothing but dirt. If you don't believe it, just keep taking a bath, right? Uh, after you take a bath, take another bath. And when you get through taking that bath, take another bath. And every time you take a bath, I don't care how many times you wash, there's going to be a dirt ring around that tub, right? I don't care how clean you think you are, you're nothing but dirt, right? You might be some light-skinned dirt, you may be some pretty dirt, you may be a dirt with a weave, but you're still a dirt, right? So a lot of times, man, we want to judge people, man, by their dirt. But you can't judge people by their dirt. You have to judge them by their spirit, right? That's important because uh, our dirt comes from uh, the, the human side of us, our parents. That's why so many of us look like our parents and all that. But inside of us, right, uh, it's, a, it's a God conscience. So I don't care what our parents teach us. It's something down inside of us that's a God conscience that trumps our parents. 
right? So even though sometimes when our parents, and you know I'm telling the truth because sometimes your parents will tell you to lie and you just don't want to do it, right? Because the God in you is strong. And I said, I know you guys see my parents don't do that, but my mama did, right? She, she told me, uh, Brother Kose, uh, when the insurance man came, tell him I wasn't home. <laughs> well, she knew she was in the other room. Or, uh, uh, or you call her, tell him I'm not at home when somebody call you on the phone. Tell him I'm not here. Well, you, you knew you was there, right? And the kids said, Mama, why are you? Shut up. <laughs> and then you think you can slap it out of them, but you can't slap it out of them because they got God in them, right? It's a righteousness involved in all of us, right? Listen, good, Shayla. You're going to like this, Shayla. It's going to be good to you, right? So now, so he says, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. Now, here's the part I want you guys to get. Don't miss it because they're going to tie the whole message together. It says, and he breathed, right? He breathed the breath of life into man's nostril. So now God says, listen, I'm about to do something that's going to be revolutionary and it's going to change the world. What I'm going to do is I'm going to create this dirt being and I'm going to breathe my power inside of them. And I know I'm taking a chance. I know, I know I'm taking a chance when I do this because with my power also comes their will. And they have the will to choose against me. Right? So I'm going to give them this power so they can make some decisions even against me. Right? But I trust that if they really get it, that they'll work with me and not against me. Right? Now, so he said, breathing through them in their nostrils. And then man, that's when man became alive. You was not alive until God put his spirit in you, right? Then man came alive. In this day and time, you're not even alive until the Holy Spirit, man, empowers you, right? And that doesn't come until you believe it. It, it transforms you once you change and you understand, right? Now, uh, uh, on this next slide, it's, it's going to be centered around this, all right? Listen, preparing your heart for the Lord. Everybody say, preparing your heart for the Lord. Now, your heart, a heart, is, is, is almost like we have our consciousness and we have our unconsciousness. Our unconscious really runs our life. It's the automatic stuff, right? So God downloaded his system in us a long time ago, and it's there, but what happens is people keep putting programs inside of us, getting us to do things, man, the way they want it done, that's why if your parents are not righteous, they're going to download unrighteous stuff in you, right? So they'll tell you things, man, that's contrary to God, and then you fight in a battle. And then Paul knew what happens. And Paul says, whenever I desire to do good, evil is always present. He says, no longer I to do it, but the sin that dwells. Where did the sin come in at? The sin slipped in when people started teaching us things that was wrong. They knew it was wrong, but they taught it to us anyway, right? It's little stuff, man, that we think didn't matter, mattered. Right? The little lie that we saw, we didn't call it a lie. We just telling you to tell this was really was a lie. So that spirit never came from God because God does not lie. So in those little things, those little, little things you were telling your children, it, it didn't seem like it was harmful. But what was happening is you was giving a, Satan a spirit hole in your child's life. And he, once he got a hole in it, that thing started to work. And we start to operate based on the system that we downloaded in us. So when we come in, man, God download us, man, with his spirit, and then we start putting things on top of it, and we start training up a child. That's why he said train up in the child the way he should go. And when they, if they do it right, then they'll be all right. Well, how do you do that? You have to do it based on God's righteousness. You can never do it outside of his righteousness, right? Now, so that's important. So we want to prepare 
your heart for God. So now let's let's uh, that's over and done with, right? So the baby's here. Uh, it, it grew up, and here it is. You know, you. I just want you guys to know you're not that old, right? I'm 63 years old. I just turned 63, and and so the little kid, like, little, little Derek. All of them said, man, Pastor, you old, but I've only been here for 63 years. The earth is almost 6,000 years old, right? So I've only been here a small window. So we seem like we've been here for a long time. But it's really a small, small, small fragment of time we've been in this world, right? So what a blessing uh, that God has advanced us so much in such a short period of time, right? Uh, but the advancements come through mankind. So man's intellect and his ingenuity, man, has changed the world dramatically, right? And he improved, you know, uh, you can get a knee surgery and go home the same day now. Uh, years ago, it didn't happen. But I, I'm going to let you know a secret. Can't tell nobody this here. Uh, before there was doctors, people was already getting healed. <laughs> yep. Before there was ever a doctor, man, people was already here. So God got the healing already down inside of you. So when he, when he, when he created you, man, he put the whole system to, to heal you and deliver you already inside of you. That's why most people uh, that's on drugs, particularly, they quit it and everybody think it was the rehab center. The rehab just get money, right? All they're doing is trying to get you to believe. Once they can get you to flip that script and believe, then all of a sudden, man, you quit doing the drugs. It's not anything else. They just put other stuff in your system, but they keep on, they don't just give you something. Uh, there's, a, there's a place on uh, Getty Street, not Getty, yeah, not on Henry. Uh, right before you get to uh, Getty Street, it's a look. It's a place that people go that was on Heron or whatever that, and they go there, and they go there every morning, and the cars be packed if you ever go by there. People stop and they get a shot or they get some drugs because they own drugs and they help them with their drugs, <laughs> right? On Sherman, right? But it ain't free, right? So they don't want to do this. It's, it's about money, right? So they're giving you some drugs. But here's the thing. Uh, it don't fix your problem, it just create another one. Right? So the problem is really in your mind. So once, once you decide you're not going to do it no more, it, you just touch to him if it's garment. And then you became whole. Right? So your mind uh, can heal yourself, can do anything. I, I promise you. I, I don't care what part of your body is broken, uh, it will heal itself. I just want you to know that. That's important. This is important. I don't miss this. Right? So God wants to prepare our hearts. Now, this is good. Everybody say good. Right? And I'm going to get out of here. I promise you. In John chapter 21, verse 23, listen what it says. It says, and again he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now listen to Jesus. Right now, Jesus was unique. Right uh, now, I keep, I keep telling you guys over and over. I know you don't like it, but whatever. And some people teach you different, but I want you to understand that Jesus uh, was preparing us for something. So he was a human being, and history tells us he was a man. And but he was a man that God had downloaded him in him, and he was a human being, and he was so powerful that he was able to heal the sick. Right? And he was able to raise the dead. He had so much power, and he knew it. Right? And he knew if I could get them to believe it, if I can get you to believe who you are, right, and understand who you are, you will be able to do the exact same thing I'm doing. Right? So 
here he is meeting with his disciples, and he tells them this. He said, then, watch what he said. He says, then he breathed on them and said this, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, why do you have to tell them to receive it? Because they didn't believe it. He said, you got to receive this thing. If you don't receive it, you would not. I don't care what nobody tell you. If you don't receive it, you won't have it. It'll be there, but it's dormant. It won't work. Everybody say, I don't believe. Don't believe in it, then you won't receive it. Right? Now, it comes down in you. All you got to do is study history. All those who people think they're smart, study history. I wouldn't care Buddhism, Islam, Hinduism. I don't care. Just study it. When you go back, it's all going to boil down to what you believe. Every one of them. It's going to come down what you believe because you can't do nothing until you believe it can happen. Once you believe it can happen, then it happens. So Jesus was trying to tell them something. So he said, listen, I have a mission uh, for you, and the mission is really not impossible, right? He said, but you can't do this mission without the power of God operating inside of you. You have to believe that God is in you, working in you. Now remember that Jesus was not gone now. He's with them, right? And he, he's in there, and he, he came amongst them, and he had, let, he had died, but he came back. And he's with him, hanging out, and says, I want you to receive the Holy Spirit. Then he says, if you, now this is good, if you forgive anyone's sin, they are what? And if you don't or do not forgive them, they are what? Now, he's not giving you power over nobody. He's not telling me that I can forgive Terio's sin and Terio is forgiven. That ain't what he's saying. He's saying that if somebody has an issue with you, right, if you forgive them, then they're forgiven. But that's between you and them. But you, it's only you. You have to forgive them, right? You have to forgive them for you, right? Now, I can't forgive your sin for somebody else. I can only forgive your sin for me, then they're forgiven. Then they can move on and they can get past me now. Right? So if somebody is doing, now, I don't care who it is, right? If somebody has crossed you or messed you up and did something, you so angry because what you did to me is not right uh, and I'm not going to forgive you, they will never be forgiven. Now, you can say, well, God going to forgive them? No. I, I promise you they will not. It, it ain't going in the seal of forgiveness. Right? It's not going to be forgiven until you forgive them. Now, I know you say, ah, no, that ain't the Bible. It is the Bible. Now, listen to me. Now, imagine, now, some people in this room have got molested as a kid. That person has given their life to the Lord, changed their whole life around. But that happened when you was a kid. Someone went on to be pastors and missionaries and businessmen, and they moved on with their life, right? But you ain't forgave them. And, and you say, well, God forgave them, but you haven't forgiven them. And every time they see you, I promise you, they may not say nothing, but they're hoping you forgive them. They won't be free until you forgive them. And when you forgive them, because everybody knows when there's a burden, when you cross somebody and you did something wrong, you hurt them, the thing you want more than anything, it ain't God. The thing you want more than anything, you want that person to forgive you for what, they, what you did to them. You want them to forgive you. Now, you can pray to God. You can't get over it because you need them to say, I'm sorry for what I did to you. 
and I want you to forgive me for what I did. And then you forgive them. And then they forgive him, right? Now, it's ah, you joke, because the power of God lies in us. It's riding in you. Everything is riding on your mind. Now, if you don't forgive it, listen, Pentecostal, let somebody do something to you and you get married. Your husband going to have problems because you can't get over it because every time he touches you, you're going to think about what they did to you. And now you're struggling, and now you got to go see third. You got to go see a uh, uh, flurry. You said, because I'm having some issues, so I need a therapist. Am I lying? I need a therapist because I can't get over this. So your therapist try to walk you through it. And if he talks to you long enough or she talks to you long enough, they're going to tell you you got to go back to them. And you got to forgive them for what they've done because you got to release that thing off of you. And you can't release it off of you, man. And God ain't going to release it. You got to release it. Why, 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 how, whoa, what you mean, God? Because God said, I'm working in you as you for you. He said, I'm, I've downloaded me in you. you looking for up there. He said, I'm in you. He said, why are you looking out there trying to get some stuff? You pray all you want. I don't care if people are lying to you. I don't care. They do all, that, all they want. As soon as they see that person, they mad us. And they save and they sanctify. The whole, they can shout. They can speak in tongues. They can dance. That person walked through that door. Uh, it's, it's one of my babies in the church. I was talking to her. She's a sweetheart. I love her. She started coming to church. And I was just laughing and talking with her and all that. And she was having issues with her sister. And she was just laughing and talking. I said, you need to proceed. I said, honey, you need to go to your sister. You got to forgive your sister. She, no, I don't want to talk about it. Her whole face changed. It's like a demon came over because she couldn't forgive her. Now, she got a relationship with God, and she turned her life, and she started to move for the Lord. But every time she think about them and what, whatever happened comes over her so much so that I don't want to talk, don't, I want to talk about it. The girl quit talking. She don't want to talk about it. In minute, she meant every bit of it, so I had to stop. I knew she will never get over it until she forgive it. Because every time you think about it, it's going to consume you. Now, this is important because it's going to bring this whole message, all right, because that's the power of forgiving. And forgiving comes because God is in you trying to work through you. Now, here's the thing. I'm, this is, I'm sorry, y'all, but it also takes your power away. Lack of forgiveness takes your power away. Because God said this, if you don't forgive, I can't forgive. And, and then if I can't forgive, I can't really give you the power I need to give you to do what you need to do. So you got to forgive them so I can release all my power because my power can't get through you because there's a blockage there. And while my power trying to get through it can't, he said, because it's a thing, that thing got to come down. He said, that's the main thing that's got to, that's why he put it in that verse. Why would Jesus drop that in there out of all the stuff he's talking about? I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and you're going to have all this power. You and then, But you got to forgive. If you forgive, then you'll be forgiven. Why did he do all that? Why did he drop that? Because he knew that that was a thing that could stop the power. Right? And some people, say, they talk about it. You know, I, I can forgive. Uh, I can't forget. No, you got to forgive them. Now, I ain't saying you got to forget. But you got to forgive them. And some people say, well, you, you, can, you, can for, you can forgive somebody and never forget it. Right? Because they won't have power. There's some people that did some things to me, and I've forgiven them, but I ain't forgot. And when they walk through that door, I give them a hug. I do anything in the world. I give them all the resources I got. But I'm not going to forget what you did to me. Right? Now, because God is in me, I still may do for you and everybody else. I can't believe he did that. 
Because they don't understand why you can do something for somebody, and when they did something so wrong to you, that's because the power of God is in you, and you forgave them, so now the power is working through you. So now the word is working. Hold on to that, because that's going to be, you got to put a pin in that one, because it's coming back, right? Now listen, now, listen to the next here. Now, in Mark chapter 4, now watch Mark chapter 4, now it's going to get good, and I'm going I'm to wrap this thing up. I promise you, 12, 15, you going home, little Fatima, I promise you. With that long, pretty hair. Girl, you got some pretty hair. You know, most people got weaves. Your stuff real. So, so that's, that's what I'm talking about. I'm just work with me. Work, just work with me, girl. Work with me. Work with me. Now, here's the deal. She, I got her so she's so embarrassed. She can't even raise her head up, right? Now, listen to Mark. Here's Jesus talking to his disciples. Listen. So he's telling stories, and he's telling stories in the form of parables, right? A parable is a story with a spiritual impact, right? And he said, but... You can't tell a parable to a group of people that don't, can't experience it. So they have to understand it. So he, uh, these are, uh, 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 really, let me say it so you understand. These were people, man, who lived in communities, man, that did a lot of farming and planting and all this kind of stuff. So Jesus says, listen, you got to get this message. This is a life-changing message. So I got to tell you so you'll understand it. So he said, let me get, tell you a story, and this story will make a difference. And I want you guys to hear me. The kingdom of God, Margaret, is so big, Brandon, that... Uh, it's the game changer, right? Because the kingdom of God is God's kingdom. God's kingdom is his governing influence. And his influence is, I got to influence your life. That means every decision you make has got to be God-driven, right? So his kingdom agenda is, the, listen, it affects every area of your life, right? Now, this is the kingdom agenda. The visible demonstration of the comprehensive rule of God in every area of your life. That's the kingdom agenda. The visible demonstration, you can see it, right? Really of the power of God in every area of your life. I don't care what you're doing, right? Now, this is good. It's about to get good. Here's what he says. He said, listen to me. It's important. Now, he had moved off to the boat. Because in the synagogue, only the people of significance could get up front and hear him because he's such a great orator, right? So all the priests and all, they would be up front. And the poor people and the people of, of uh, uh, insignificance, they couldn't get in the synagogue. So Jesus said, let me take my message to the sea. So he goes to the sea, and he's in the boat. And in the boat, he said, now I'm going to speak. Now God magnifies his voice. From a boat because they didn't have a megaphone. So God, because God was speaking through him, they all could hear it in the thousands. Right? That's how powerful God is. Right? So he's there. He said, let me tell you a story that's going to change your life. And if you miss this story, it won't impact none of the rest of the kingdom. He said, but if you get this message, it'll, it'll impact the entire kingdom. He said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. He said, a farmer went out to plant seed. Right? And then he says, as he was scattering it across his field, some of the uh, seed fell on footpaths, and the birds came and ate it. He says, and now, listen, I've got to put this in so I can be done at 12, 15. The, the, uh, the seed is the word or the message of God. And hear me, hear me well. If you don't get the message, right, the power can be demonstrated. You got to have a message in order to demonstrate the power, right? Now, so 
Here you go. He throws the seed out, and some of it fell on footpath. So he says, and as, as it was working, birds ate it. Sometime, guys, I gave a message out in Kingdom Embassy, and all the people's there. Some of the people got it, and before they can even get it down in their heart and understand it, uh, the devil came along and took it. So they never got the kingdom message, so they kept on living like they always live. They, their life didn't change. They just kept coming to church, and they left the same way they came. But they got the message. It was delivered to them, right? He said, but their heart was hardened. Their soil was so hard, it was like a rock. And it went on, and it was just there, right? Now, I know that's not you, right? Then he says this, right? And other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly, but because the soil was shallow, go ahead, now, there you go. But the plant soon what? Withered under the hot sun, and since it did not have deep roots, it what? Now, the word, the power of the kingdom, and the word came out. And it was like, it was like taking some seed, planted it on soil, but around the soil was a lot of rocks, hard stone. And so because there was some dirt on the top, you got it, and you felt good about it, right? Now, here's what happened. He said, but because there, it didn't take no root in your life. Right? And soon as something happened, it was gone. You didn't hit, you couldn't understand what the word said. I don't know what the Bible said. I don't know what y'all talking about. You don't understand my marriage. You don't because the word don't take root. So now I go back to me. I said, Yeah, I'm gonna live for the Lord. It's right, God is good. And then soon, because there's no root, it didn't take root. And some of y'all said, Well, I'm just gonna come to church this Sunday. I ain't coming next Sunday. I'm coming every other Sunday. Right? I ain't coming to Bible study. I ain't gonna now listen. I ain't, I ain't advocating for Bible study, even though I am, right? But, uh, and I'm not going to read my Bible at home because you're not reading your Bible. That's the, that's the truth, right? So you're just going to work every day. You're not doing your devotion. He said, so what happened is the word don't take no root. So it comes, and so now life hits you. And when it hits you, because it don't have no root, uh, you don't have nothing to go back to. So now I go back to what I know. Right? So I go back to doing what I was doing before because at first I was living, they said, ah, they ain't gonna, it ain't going to last. They just like that now. You see people on fire for the Lord. God is good. I want to do it. They come, you see them about a month, and then you don't see them no more. <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden, man, their life goes back, and you see them, and they're back doing the same thing they was doing before. That means they didn't get the kingdom message. All right? And then he said this, other seed fell among thorns. Right? He said, and the, now these are seeds. Now, now Jesus said, you're going to get this message if you don't get nothing else because it affects all the rest of the kingdom. And it grew up and it choked out the tender plants so that they produce no grain. Go to the next slide now. Now, before we go to the next one, here's what happened with that slide. He threw it out. You got the word of God. And the word of God was good. And you grew in the church. And you, learned, you came to church every Sunday. It was good. But what happened was, uh, something happened and your boss fired you, right? That was too much. You still was loving the Lord. You was praying. And then all of a sudden, your kid act a fool. And then that was, that was a little bit. Now your husband, you, he cheated, right? And then or your wife, she cheated. Now all of a sudden, you mad now and you forget Jesus, right? And so now the plant grows up, 
But now the worries, I don't have enough money to pay my bills. My husband walked out and he left me and the kids. It's just us. I don't know what I'm going to do. So we don't trust God. So now the life, the worries and cares of life choke the kingdom right out of you. So all of a sudden, you come into church, but you come in every day. But what, ha what happens is life gets you. You know, it's like Little Hill. You know, she was all excited. I'm going to play basketball. I'm all good. Then all of a sudden, she hurt her ankle or something hurt me. She get injured. And you're like, well, I'm go. he said, no, I, I set you down for a reason. No, because if God loved me, I would have never got hurt. He said, girl, foolish. It, it, LeBron James got hurt. He's making a billion. So, but you, if you lose your focus, yeah. Yeah. Like, you let all that stuff worry, you won't focus on God. You'll focus on you. Or the things that's going on around you. So now I quote you, I tell you what the word said. You know, man, I don't want to hear that. You need to talk right. I want the real world. This is this, this, we living in a real world. Fool, it is a real world. This is what's really happening in your life. You hear me? So it chokes you out. And here's the good one, right? I got seven minutes. Shaq, I'm going down the road in seven minutes. I'm going to drive this car right down the middle of the highway, right? He said, still other seed fell on fertile soil. Then he says, and they sprouted, grew, and produced crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much. And well, ooh, so they planted. So now there's some soil, and he planted. There was no rocks underneath, and it was beautiful soil, and all of a sudden it stopped producing. Now listen, I got to share this story because it won't make sense to you unless I share it. Listen. Here you are looking at a little boy who graduated from high school that couldn't read. I couldn't read. I, man, man, I was illiterate. That's the gospel truth, right? Uh, but five years later, when I graduated from college, I graduated with honors and never had anything less than a B. Right? I grew up in a home where my mother raised five kids. She's on welfare. She never worked. She's an alcoholic. And my mom drank. And alcohol is an illness. And it was so bad, you know. I raised so much hell in school, uh, I was just frustrated, right? Now, but when you look out there, you can't tell. Because when I gave my life to the Lord, he blessed me 30, 60, and 100 fold. When the principal told my mama that he going to end up dead or in jail, he was the same principal to hire me as a teacher. Now, this, listen, this is a true testimony. I'm not lying to you. The same principal that told my mama I was going to be dead or in jail or in prison was the same principal that raised thousands of dollars to send myself and 20 kids to Washington, D.C. with all expense paid. He could not believe what God had done in my life. But when I gave my life, when I got the kingdom message and I got it good, I said, God, I'm going to serve you to the day I die. Soon as I gave it to the Lord and I started living according to the word of God, my life was blessed 30, 60, and 100 fold. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. Now, I won't tell y'all all the story because my sister-in-law called me on the phone last time I told my testimony and told me, shut up. Don't tell it all, right? But God blessed me so much that I, it was scary. I mean, he blessed me so much. I, I, my mind couldn't even conceive what he had done for me, right? But here was Jesus was trying to tell them. He said, if you don't get this, he said, you're going to have some peaks and you're going to have some valleys. Stay with me because it's going to all level out. He says, in the message, now hear this message. In the message, 
He says, uh, everything works together for the good. Right? He says, listen, everybody, you ain't exempt. Everybody, Brother Kose, is going to have some ups and they're going to have some downs. He said, but don't leave me in your ups and don't leave me in your down. He said, because it's all going to level out. He says, because sometimes I send you to the down to take you to the up. I got to send you through some hell in your life so you appreciate the highs. Because if I give you too much highs, you want to, listen, if I keep blessing you, uh, uh, Sister Adams, uh, then you won't look, you think uh, everybody else is crap. And you think God only worked this way. But if I send you through some hell, uh, and when somebody else is going through some hell, I said, listen, I know what God can do because I was there, and now look where I'm at. I went through this hell. I didn't know how I was going to make it through. I don't know how. I don't know how I was going to do it. Uh, but I did it. I didn't leave God in the midst of my pain. I cried late in the midnight hour, but I didn't leave God. And, and now, look at me now. I ain't what I, I don't look like what I've been through. Right? Uh, so Jesus was trying to tell you, he said, you got to get this message. Now here's what he's trying to tell him. This message is so powerful, he said, because the word, the seed is the word. He said, you got to live your life according to my word. If you live it according to my word, he said, I'm going to keep on blessing you because I'm in control of the word. Now, here's a powerful testimony. I wish I had my hat, I would wear it. Real quick, Ardina, go to my office get my hat. Because I got to close her. I only got two minutes, Ardina. You got to move fast. No, but Spud, Camilla, where you at? Ardina moved too slow. You got to go get my hat. This, this is good. Listen. Listen, y'all. I got to get my hat. I told the men about my hat. But I got to bring this hat because I'm going to close this out with my hat. Right? I'm telling you, Jesus was trying to tell us, if you live according to the word, he said, I open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings you ain't got room enough to receive. He said, I, he said, listen to me. I, he said, I open, I open up the windows of heaven. What you mean you open the windows? Listen, I'm a spirit, man, man, and I work in the, I work in the minds, I work in the minds of men and women, right? Hey, this is oh, this is my traveler's hat, y'all. Hey, well, hey, 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 don't try to date me now. Hey, Briggs, I already told her I didn't. She better look out. Watch out. Here we go. Don't, don't play, don't play, don't, don't, don't play with my child's hat. I'm a bad, set them out with your head over it. Now, now I'm going to wrap this thing up because I got two minutes. Now, the significant, the reason why I wanted to break, the hat is important to me, right? So it's my birthday, right? So uh, about a week ago, uh, Tracy Boyd and Chris one of me, Tracy told me a long time ago, she wanted me to go on this trip, this cruise, right? And I'm like, I, I, I ain't going on the cruise, right? So my taxes doing all this kind of stuff, and there's a lot of stuff going on, right? And so they called me up again and said, you want to go? Tracy's trying to work it out, right? And I'm like, I get it. She called me back on the phone. She says, uh, 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 Chris and Orson going to pay for your cruise. And that's a $1,700 cruise, right? They said, if you want to go. So they already made a plan because I said no, and Ardina said no. They had already made a plan to drive from Detroit. They're going to come to Muskegon, and they're going to come to my house, and they're going to talk about didn't go on this trip. So I agreed. So they paid for the cruise, right? So I go to, so I go to Detroit, and Orson lives in Detroit. Orson, my dog, right? And so I, I told you all the story about Orson, right? Him and Chris did my boys, right? So I go to Orson, gets me for my birthday, and he takes me out to eat, me and my wife and my daughter. And so we go out to eat. He said, I got to take you to this, this, I'm taking you to two restaurants. One 
It's in the hood. He said, and you're just going to eat some authentic food. And then I'm going to take you to the fine dining, right? So we go to this restaurant. It's a, a restaurant, authentic food in Mexican town. Great. We go in, and right before we go in, it's a store, an Indian store, right? A Native American store, Ardina, I got you. A Native American store, right? I go in there, and they got these hats. And this is a Stetson. A real, this is a real Stetson, right? So he said, get the hat, put it on. I said, man, I don't want no hat. I don't wear a hat. Get the hat, put it on. Lady, give him that one right there. Give him that one. So I, he grabbed the hat. She, I put it on my head. Yeah, that's it. It's a $110 hat, right? I ain't paying no $110 for a hat, right? He paid for the hat. Then he wanted to buy me one of those satchel things. It's over $300 that you put on. Y'all know what it is. Young people know what it is, right? I'm not wearing it. or It's too feminine. I ain't wearing it, right? <laughs> He's trying to make me buy it. My daughter said, buy it, daddy. Nope, I went back, right? He said, get a belt. You got on that belt. He said, you got on that old belt. You need a real belt. He said, he said, that belt you got on, what did he say, Cardi? He said, you got a police officer belt. Get him a real belt with a buckle, right? So he, black now listen, now here's what I'm sharing with you. I, I'm sharing this with you. Only reason I share that story with you guys is because um, everything in the world is about God, and God is about relationships. God says, you don't have to have money. You just got to have access to people that got it. Because I'm a giver, God bless people to give. He said, if you sow, and this is the word, he said, I give back. Men, he said, I, this means, what, wait, men would give unto your bosom. He said, I do it, and men would give unto your bosom. This is the word. Jesus is trying to tell us something. God was trying to tell us in the word. Follow the word. So we don't live according to it. So I said, I'm going to bleed this thing. So a long time ago, I gave. And I gave. And every time somebody wanted something, I would give. And I would pay rent. I would buy, pay car notes. I would pay the church bill. I would loan the church money. I would do This is the truth. Now. I mean, get, Bishop would ask for the offering, and he said he'd call for a second offering. Everybody here ever went to Holy Trinity, no, I'm telling the truth. He would ask for an offering. And then I said, no, Bishop, uh, don't run the trade. I got it. Whatever the short was, it can be $1,000. I would pay the difference every time, right? I would just pay it. They get, this church is worth over $500,000. The people gifted it to us. Right? You cannot outgive God. What I did was, he messed around and let me understood the word, Margaret. And once I understood the word, I, I walked on it. So, and he blessed me beyond my wildest dream. Because of that scripture right there. Because, uh, when he sold the seeds, I got the kingdom message. I believed it, and I didn't care how much money was in my pocket. I believe I had enough. Right? And he always gave me enough. And when, whenever I had to help somebody, he would send somebody. He never sent anybody to me that he intended for me to help, and I didn't have a resource to help him. Now, some people he sent, and I didn't do nothing because he didn't tell me to do it. But there was not a person in this world from the time I gave my life to the Lord, that came to me that God wanted me to bless. I didn't have enough resources to help them. Some it was thousands of dollars. Some it was only 20 or 10. But I always had enough because God was able to vet me because I walked with the word. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you don't get this message, the rest of it don't mean that you can't speak in tongues. You can't dance. You can go around act like you're holy all you want. You can sing the song. He said, but you got to get the message. So it can download you and take the word and let, that's why he said, and the seed is the word. Did you hear the word in the word? Some people, they don't have nothing, Patrick. And all they do is whine. 
and think God won't bless them. They, listen to me. I hate to call you idiots, but you're idiots because you're never going to have enough. But you don't have to have enough. You just need to know somebody who's got enough. You just got to keep living according to the word of God. So when it's your time to do, don't you shut up your bowels of mercy. And when you got to give, that's what we ask you for offering, and you like you give $5 and you got $10,000. And you think you did God a favor by giving him 50. Guys, I just want to see what you going to follow the word or not. That's, that's what I was going to do. See, he said, because I can take it all away from you. You don't believe it. Ask some of these people who just crashed, the stock market crashed, and they lost thousands of dollars in, in overnight. Right? But when you give your life to God and you follow the word, he said, the seed is out there. Now, what is your heart like? Is it like stone or is it like uh, dirt with gravel underneath? Or is, is it grown with weeds or is it fertile soil? What is your heart right? Jesus, is your heart right? I heard Dale say today, he said, some people, they, they curse their children. He didn't say curse, but he, this is what he meant. They curse their children because they're so stubborn. They can't see the message. Jesus said that in verse Mark, Mark chapter 4, verses 12, 11, 12, 13. He said some people, they can see, but they can't see. They can hear, but they can't hear. They're blinded because they don't want to hear the message, so they're blocked. Everybody else don't realize they're blocking their own blessing. And because they can't hear the message and see the message, they try to block everybody else from getting the message. So sometimes you cut your own nose off to spite your face because you don't trust the word of God. Don't waste your time coming to church and don't be it. You got to be the church. Not come to church. You got to be the church. Everybody stand to your feet. Get a Lord a hand clap. Oh, let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for today. Thank you for your message. Thank you for your kingdom message. We appreciate you so much. You're such a blessing in our life. And we pray, Lord, that you continue to pour your spirit into our life. Let us believe and trust your word. Even when we don't see it, let us trust it. Let us live accordingly. Lord, so you told us in your word, you told us in your word that you've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed beg and break. Let us believe that and realize if we live righteous, our seed will never beg bread. We'll never go hungry. We'll never go without. Lord, you have the power to delay the landlord from accepting rent. You got the power to touch governor. Says she want to give us a rebate of $500 when we needed $500. Lord, you can touch anybody, anywhere, and they can release. So, Lord, let us trust your word and live every day like you are walking and talking as us. Thank you for receiving us. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for preparing our soil for your power. We just bless you. And we give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The altar is going to be open for those who like prayer. We want to pray for those as you prepare to give. I want to thank you all so much uh, for you guys trusting God last week in your giving. And I want you guys to continue to trust God in your giving. Uh, you know how to give. Don't hold back. Trust God. God will never let you go without. Lord, be with us as we go home, as we give in our offering. Bless us. Strengthen us. Lord, don't never let us go without. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Consider yourself dismissed.